Welcome to the Legal Toolkit, where you'll get the latest trends and business initiatives that help your law firm every day. Hear from the experts setting the standards for the legal, insurance, and law enforcement industries. The Legal Toolkit is brought to you by Catuno Court Reporting and Stantel Transcription, a New England-based business serving the legal community nationwide since 1966. You're listening to the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Legal Toolkit on Legal Talk Network. Happy holidays, everybody, and thanks for listening in today. I'm Jared Correa, and I'm the Law Practice Management Advisor with Massachusetts LOMAP, providing free and confidential consulting services to Massachusetts attorneys. For more information on LOMAP's service offerings, visit our website at www.masslomap.org or like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash masslomap. The Legal Toolkit is brought to you by Katuno Court Reporting. To find out more about Katuno services, visit www.katuno.cc. On the Legal Toolkit, we provide you each month with a new tool to add to your own legal toolkit so that your practice will become more and more like best practices. On today's show, we're talking with Chris Strang and Alex Gorman, who are the co-chairs of the Boston Bar Association's new lawyers section. My first guest is Christopher Strang from the law firm of Desmond Strang and Scott, LLP, a Boston-based practice with a strong focus in business law and commercial litigation. Chris, welcome to the Legal Toolkit. Good morning, Jerry. Thank you very much. Our next guest is Alexandra Gorman, an associate in the litigation department at Skadden, Arf, Slate, Meager, and Flom, LLP. And if I mispronounced uh, one of those names, I apologize. <laughs> welcome to the Legal Toolkit, Alex. <laughs> Thank you very much. Great. It's uh, tremendous to have both of you. So let's dive into the questions here. Uh, we're going to talk about networking, and we're going to talk a little bit about the BBA's new lawyer section, which is a tremendous section with a lot of activity. Um, so let's talk a little bit first about the importance of networking in specific categories, first off. Uh, how important is it is networking to building your professional reputation, especially when you're a new attorney? And uh, Alex, we'll start with you on this question. Sure. Um, I think networking is an absolute essential tool for um, building your professional representation, especially for new lawyers. When you're starting out, you have no reputation, and it's really important to really establish yourself as a solid, you know, eager and determined associate that is willing to sort of work and get the job done on behalf of their client. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. Uh, and Chris, uh, anything to add on your end? Yeah, I, I think um, a lot of new lawyers, when they start working, are typically uh, behind the scenes helping out other partners, and so they don't get to see what else is going on in the law and meet other people until they get out and do some networking themselves. So it's really the only opportunity for them to establish a reputation outside of their own firm, which is something you definitely want to do right away. You establish mm -hmm. your habits as a lawyer as soon as you start, and uh, if you do it in the beginning, you'll always do it, and if you don't, it becomes much harder to learn later on. That's a great point, and you're right, Dal. Once you get established doing something, you're more likely to continue doing so. So on another level, and, you know, perhaps one that's only accessible after you've developed your professional reputation, how important is networking with respect to gaining clients and client referrals? And, uh, Chris, we'll start with you this time. Well, Jared, first I'm going to disagree with your question. Um, I do think <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I, I do think that you don't have to uh, wait until you've developed your practice uh, before you can start getting clients and do networking for that. You have... Um, your network from prior to law school and college friends that have gone on to do other things. You have an opportunity as a law student. I think you should start doing professional networking and getting to know people so that 
you are already becoming a complete lawyer the minute you hit the ground. And, uh, and it's absolutely vital to do networking in general to get clients because it's not like the old days where people might look in the yellow pages or something like that. Mm-hmm. Many clients now come from a recommendation from another one of your clients or a referral from an attorney that, that handles a certain aspect of their business, but not what they're looking for that you might be able to do. So I think uh, gaining client referrals is almost uh, 100% from networking anymore. Good points, and uh, get started right away, I guess. <laughs> the advice. Sorry to shoot, shoot you down on that one, Jared. But, no, that's um, fine. That's fine. Uh, so, uh, Alex, what's your take on this? I think that Chris is right. I think especially in Boston, I think this is probably true in other legal markets, it, it's amazing how much networking can pay off and how meeting somebody at a certain point might lead to a phone call later that when they're in trouble or they have a question about you know, I'm a securities litigation associate. If they have a question about securities litigation, they might just call me. And I think it's really important to get yourself out there because, you know, in terms of getting clients, it's great to be the person they think of when they need an issue resolved and they want to call you. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, so what are some of the effective networking techniques that you apply when you market yourself and your firms? So, uh, Alex, uh, you're a practitioner at a larger firm. Now, uh, what are your thoughts on this issue? I think it's definitely key, especially in a law firm. I mean, I, I'm in a Boston office of a major firm, so it's, we're in a smaller office. But I do think it's important to really get out there. Um, our firm and every firm has its own reputation. And as an individual, you want to make sure that you're networking both on behalf of yourself and your firm. And so I think you have a lot of tremendous tools, and usually your firms come with a name. So you can use that name to your advantage and get to know people both within your firm, I think, which is important, and also outside of your firm, because it is important to be involved both in your you know, firm community and then outside on behalf of your firm in the larger legal community. Hmm, absolutely. Now, Chris, so you came from a small to medium-sized firm, and you've just mm-hmm. opened your own small law partnership. So what are yes, your thoughts on this? Desmond Strang and Scott, my new practice. Um, actually, I think it, it is the most important thing you do as a small and solo practitioner is to have a, a solid networking plan with, with several different avenues to do it. Uh, one thing we did immediately was create a comprehensive plan to figure out how many hours a week to spend doing this different aspects of networking. And I think, obviously, the most important way to get clients is to build confidence uh, so that they believe that you will be able to take care of their needs. And the way to do that is one-on-one time. So we get involved with several trade associations where our clients are involved. I certainly uh, highly recommend the BBA uh, and other bar associated activity where you can meet with other lawyers and, and uh, develop referrals and, and develop your reputation among law firms as, as one of the experts in your field. And, and look at Chris, uh, networking and marketing as we speak, promoting his new firm within the context <laughs> of the podcast. Very impressive. And so it sounds like you both use your practice niches to market yourself. And, and just uh, going off script for a second here, how do you think it's, a, uh, how important do you think it is to, market yourself as a specialist in this environment? And either of you can jump in. I think it's incredibly important to be sort of have a, a niche, but then also be willing to take on cases that based on your confidence and your response and your reputation, you're able to go outside of that bound as well. I mean, one of the best things about being a lawyer is that you have the essential tools to use and you can apply them to any kind of field. And so while it's important to have a niche, I think part of that is understanding and having other people understand that you're willing to sort of apply your skills and expertise a little bit out of your comfort zone and still succeed. And uh, Chris, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think it's one of the 
one of the paths to open the door to make you stand out from other lawyers. I think uh, all lawyers are smart and we are able to do the basics. But when somebody has a specific need, I'll, like I do construction litigation as one of my specialties. And to be able to say that, it sets me apart. Most other lawyers can't say they have a lot of experience with that. So that's a talking point for me when I meet somebody that's in construction, for example, or is looking for an, a construction attorney. That's great. Uh, now, what would you say to newer young attorneys who don't have a lot of experience and who feel as though they may have no cachet or anything much else to offer? Um, being the co-chairs of the new lawyer section, how can they get started networking those attorneys and how can they do it in a way that's allowing them to be confident as they go forward? And uh, Chris, we'll start with you. Yeah, I think when you're a new lawyer, you want to start with a, with uh, situations that are not intimidating to you so you can get comfortable with just the feel for networking among lawyers which is why the new lawyer section is a perfect example of a place where you're going to be around other fairly new lawyers, perhaps with a couple of years' experience, but it's not as intimidating as going to meet the, the senior attorneys that have been practicing for 30, 40 years and, and talk over your head, I guess, on some subjects. So mm-hmm. come out, get get comfortable with the general networking scenario, start meeting people, and then work your way up from there. And I also think relationship networking is the way that you want to approach it. You know, get yourself on some committees, some event planning, um, different organizations, pro bono work, various things where you're meeting people repeatedly, the same people over and over again. So it's not just that initial shake hands, exchange business cards, move on, but you're actually working together on projects. They get to know your work ethic. They get to know you personally. It's a much more um, fruitful networking relationship when you do it like that. Yeah, that's a good point. You do need to build continuing relationships. And uh, Alex, what do you have to add on this point? I think sort of leaping off of what Chris said, one of the important things as new lawyers, and especially, and Chris and I talked to a lot of new lawyers who are still sort of out there looking for a job, I think one of the best things you can do that's sort of two birds, one stone, is get involved in a pro bono organization, something that interests you, and really get out there and meet other people that have those same interests and also get the legal experience while you have the time and the freedom to do so. Um, and you kind of accomplish two goals. You build your own professional network in terms of boosting your confidence as a lawyer, but also you're out there meeting other people who are doing the same thing, have the same interests. And again, as Chris points out, you're just building this foundation that as you continue on in your practice, whether it's in a pro bono organization or elsewhere, you'll have that foundation to use in the future. Yeah, and this is a good point. People are networking not only for clients at this point, but for new jobs. A lot of folks doing that. And I have to say that the uh, I've been very impressed with the BBA's new lawyer section. Very active section, very good section, very welcoming. If there are new attorneys out there listening, um, good place to get started networking. But I'm jumping the gun a little bit. So uh, let's move on to our next question here. So, you know, as with any new endeavor, jumping into networking can really be a baptism by fire. And, you know, people are going to make mistakes getting started out. So what are some of the common mistakes that you see that new lawyers make when they start networking? Uh, Alex, uh, can you name some uh, from personal experience or otherwise? Sure. I think a lot of it is kind of what Chris mentioned earlier is a lot of these new lawyers get so intimidated by other lawyers who, you know, I'm only five years out, but people tell me sometimes like, well, you're, you know, a senior lawyer. I'm actually not. I'm only five years out. And I think a lot of new lawyers can get caught up in being intimidated or nervous or, you know, not really confident in what they can say. And, and networking is really just about meeting people. And, and if you don't, you don't need to be an expert on anything. You can just sort of meet people and network and they're looking to benefit mm. from the relationship as well. So I think a lot of things people don't do is either they get really nervous and they don't really come through with their true personality. Another thing I think also is that one of the keys is the follow-up. A lot of new lawyers will do networking and then don't 
follow up afterwards. If you meet somebody, mm-hmm. you had a great connection, drop them an email, invite them an invite over LinkedIn. I mean, a lot of this is maintaining the connection after you first meet them. Yeah, those are some great thoughts there. And uh, Chris, what do you have to add? I, I agree with everything Alex said. Those are absolutely the uh, most common mistakes. And, and I could go on for the entire time slot that we have talking about some egregious errors that that new lawyers will make in their networking. But I do want to say, and just taking on the follow-through a little bit farther than that, in that it's not just it's not just calling the next day or setting up a lunch after you meet somebody, but some people network with a purpose, okay? Um, a new lawyer for, will look for a new job, and so they'll go out and they'll meet all the lawyers they can. They'll try to find a job, get a referral, get some leads, and then they'll get a job, and then you'll never see them again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and two years later, you know, they, they want to find a job again and they have to start over from scratch. And it's it, they really wasted that momentum that they had networking in the first place. And, and of course, the people that, that helped them out when wondered where they went, you know, aren't going to be as receptive to another phone call. And they're going to feel like you're just using me to help get a job. And then you mm. you disappear after a while. So I think follow through in the big picture really matters. You've got to... Uh, You've got to continue the relationships, especially when people are are effective in helping you out. So, so, yeah, so many ungr- so many ungrateful punks out there. I know. I think they get busy with their new jobs, and I understand that. But I, you don't want yeah, to uh, you don't want to waste all that goodwill that you build. Uh, now that's that's a good point. Maybe ungrateful punks is a little bit harsh. <laughs> So we've talked a lot about in-person networking, building relationships, meeting face-to-face, um, and that's extremely important, of course. Um, there are a number, however, of networking options available online these days. Um, so do you have any uh, preferred options for connecting with colleagues on the web, uh, whether stuff that you use particularly or uh, options available through the Boston Bar Association or the new lawyers section. Uh, so Alex, uh, do you have some favorite web tools for networking? Of course. I mean, I think these days you can't not involve Facebook in a discussion of online marketing tools and connections. I mm-hmm. mean, Facebook is what it is and it connects a lot of people. So I think for me, as much as you sort of don't want to admit it, Facebook is a huge part. And I also think LinkedIn is a tremendous opportunity for people to get involved. And LinkedIn, as most tools, sort of has people you may know suggestion. And I found tons of people that I know directly or indirectly. And I think it's a great tool to use because it is sort of the professional version of Facebook and gives you an opportunity to sell yourself professionally and also meet other people with common interests. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both good tools. And uh, Chris, uh, what do you use to uh, network via the web? I use them all. Um, pretty much, I sign up for everything that I can: the Facebook, the LinkedIn, the Twitter. You know, and uh, we have actually have a started a new blog for the new lawyer section, uh, which just launched this week. Where where I will opine on various subjects of the day. <laughs> that should be awesome. <laughs> It'll be entertainment, but I. I think you have to be aware when you're using the, the social media in particular that you're using it in the right way. And, mm-hmm. and Facebook in particular is, is, is a great way to touch base with people, reach out to people. But you don't want to be too serious and, and sort of, you know, promoting your business all the time on that venue. That's It's more social there. So mm-hmm. you can let people know what you're doing. And then LinkedIn, you sort of develop your professional reputation, put a bit more of your resume out there and utilize groups and things like that so that you are finding people in the particular areas that you're looking to meet. Yeah, LinkedIn groups are a fantastic opportunity to get some discussion going. And uh, LinkedIn does have a job searching uh, option as well these days. Um, so, Chris, do you have a link for that Boston uh, Bar New Lawyers blog? Or I, I do. <laughs> okay, yeah, go, go ahead. 
We're going to come back to that in just a minute, though, if you could. Oh, right. oh no. all right. Nice, uh, nice segue. So that'll be something we discuss in part two of the podcast. So on that note, we'll take a short break. But when we return, we're going to rejoin Chris Strang and Alex Gorman for some more insight and even some more wisdom, if you're lucky. Talk to you in a bit. Katuno Court Reporting and Stantel Transcription have been providing innovative dictation at transcription services since 1966. Our patented technologies and compliance solutions continue to set the standard for the legal community. Find out more about how we can create your legal toolkit at katuno.cc. That's C-A-T-U-O-G-N-O dot C-C or call 888-228-8646. Legal Talk Network has been producing award-winning legal podcasts since 2005. Subscribe to our RSS feed and start downloading today. It's free. All right, welcome back to the Legal Toolkit on Legal Talk Network. Today I'm joined by Christopher Strang and Alexandra Gorman, co-chairs of the Boston Bar Association's New Lawyers section. So let's jump right back into it here on the second half of the Legal Toolkit for today. Uh, so, uh, Chris and Alex, what are some of your favorable organizations through which attorneys may find valuable networking opportunities? And what organizations do you use uh, to build your book of business? Obviously, you're at the BBA, but what other organizations are you involved in? And uh, Chris, let's start with your suggestions. Yeah, well, certainly the BBA is my favorite. I think that uh, of course there's, there's so many lawyers there. <laughs> And uh, it's it's very useful in so many ways. But uh, I'm also involved with the Mass Bar Association. I'm involved with the I went to BU for law school, so I'm involved with the Alumni Council at Boston University. Mm-hmm. Um, I do the uh, Greater Boston Chamber of Commerce. We're active in that um, Mass Academy of Trial Lawyers. There's just uh, it's it's a constantly evolving. You know what's what's the best organization at the time sometimes situation mm-hmm. and uh the bba is always top of my list though oh yeah naturally um so alex do you have any recommendations for organizations um i think you know sort of jumping off of what chris said obviously the bba would be my top choice um i also think the wba the women's bar association has tremendous opportunities and then mm-hmm. other organizations that are pretty active is the volunteer lawyers project um greater boston legal services again more organizations that have a more pro bono focus which would provide that sort of dual approach of networking and also getting pro bono experience Yep, that's great. Lots of opportunities for Massachusetts attorneys, perhaps because there are so many Massachusetts (laughs) attorneys. Uh, So you're both prominently involved in the BBA, as we've talked about, most notably as co-chairs of the new lawyer section. Uh, Why do you find networking through the BBA to be so effective? And uh, Alex, we'll begin with you this time. Um, Sure. I mean, I think that everyone who is at the BBA is there by choice, and they want to get involved in an organization that is bigger than what they do day-to-day in a firm. And so I think the thing that brings us all together there is this common interest in the legal community in Boston and what we can do as lawyers, much stronger together as a group than individual. Um, And really, just everybody there has an interest in getting to know people and getting involved and making, I guess, the Boston legal community that much stronger. That's great. And uh, Chris, how about you? Well, I think the BBA, one, every pretty much every lawyer in town is a member. So you cover a lot of territory in one organization through the BBA. But two, they're set up to sort of be a, a full and complete lawyer so that you get an opportunity to further your legal education through their brown bag lunches, through their 
panel discussions, their CLEs. They have pro bono projects and public service where you can get involved in, in, the, in certain er- different areas of law with different types of people. Um, and they also have uh, great social and networking opportunities for you to go and uh, meet people both that are in your field to sort of share your knowledge and expertise with each other. And there's also uh, people that do other things so that you can expand your own practice a little bit. And as well, you can refer cases back and forth to people with different expertise. Yep, that's great. And um, I will tell you that Chris is a master marketer. Um, If you do (laughs) not attend a BBA event, he will come to your house and find you. Uh, Of course, so the key is getting involved here. You have to be able to do something that people recognize as valuable. Um, I I assume you both agree with that. We've talked about that a little bit here. So, uh, Chris, any ways you can think of uh, for people to become specifically involved within the Boston Bar Association and the new lawyers section? Yeah, it goes back to my earlier point that you want to develop some relationship-style networking. So you want to get on some committees, uh, take something that interests you, like in the, in the new lawyer section in particular. We have seven or eight committees uh, on, on our, our blog. You can check that out, and I'll just throw in right now. It's bbanls.blogspot.com. So right. in that, you know, we have a pro bono committee. You can get on there and work on a pro bono project. And again, that that highlights your skills and what you're able to do, your organizational skills, your work ethic, uh, how personable you are and get along with the other people. Uh, we have a great practical skills committee that designs programs, uh, educational panels that are of interest to new lawyers, the very basics of, of practicing in the different areas of law. So so you can get a head start on things as, you, as you're starting your practice. And we have um, more fun things like the social events committee, and we have a public policy committee as well that comments on legislation and, and what's going on um, in, in politically. Um, what, what am I missing, Alex? I'm, I'm well, I think yeah, that... one of our other key things, and I think this is great for new lawyers especially, is that we sort of pride ourselves on the fact that we're especially welcome to people who haven't really been involved with me before that are looking to get involved but don't know how. And what we always try to do is really pair up the newer lawyers with more experienced, still new lawyers who can sort of guide them along through the process. I mean, setting up a brown bag lunch or a CLE, while not difficult, we often try to match them up with somebody who's done it before, so it's just that much easier. Um, And so we do our best on the new lawyer section to really welcome people, make them feel comfortable, and again, build that confidence so that as they continue to network and develop their professional um, expertise, they have sort of the building blocks there. Yeah, and the attendance level of these meetings is pretty darn good, so it's a great spot to get involved, and you're not totally dropped off into the wilderness, which is helpful. Um, so if you want to go to that BBA uh, New Lawyers blog, it's bba.nls.blogspot.com. Oh, BBA. Sorry, oh. not to interrupt you, Jerry, bbanls.blogspot.com. Okay, all right, that's good. So we got it repeated, but I had it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So, great opportunities available through the New Lawyer section. So, if somebody out there wants to join, or several people out there want to join the New Lawyer section, how are they going to go about doing it? Come to our next steering committee meeting. Our steering committee meetings are the first Wednesday of the month at the BBA. Um, They start at 8.30, but we recommend everybody show up at 8.15 for some light breakfast food and networking. And from there, you can jump into any and all the opportunities that Chris and I have talked about. You could also go to bostonbar.org. And look into the signing up. If you're actually not a member at all, and need to find out how to sign up and what what is required for for checking into the lawyer section, you you go right there. And certainly, uh, Alex and I both have our contact information on that site as well, so that you can email us if you want to ask follow up questions. 
And again, the blog has a list of pretty much everything that we have for opportunities in the new lawyer section for people to jump right in and get to work. Great. Visit the website. Um, BBA is located right downtown, convenient location. I can't say enough about the section. Really uh, one of the most active sections I've ever been involved in with the Bar Association. So um, that'll about do it for this edition of the Legal Toolkit. Remember that you can check out all of our shows at LegalTalkNetwork.com. Very special thank you and happy holidays goes out today to our guests, Chris Strang and Alex Gorman, who I've enjoyed speaking with very much. Uh, Chris and Alex, thanks very much for coming on the show. Thank you very much, Jerry. Thanks for having us. Now, if any of our listeners wanted to get more information about you or your firms, how would they go about doing that? Uh, Chris, go ahead. Yeah, Desmond Strang and Scott. It's it's our firm, and the website is www.dsandslaw.com. You can click on me, in particular, Chris Strang. My email address will be on my profile. I I look forward to uh, your emails and your phone calls if you'd like to learn more about our practice in business litigation and and construction, some of my areas of expertise. Now you're just going to be overwhelmed. (laughs) (laughs) Alex? I yep, imagine you um, want to get overwhelmed as well. So what's your uh, yeah. contact info? <laughs> my contact info is on uh, my firm's website, which is scan.com. And you can also email me at um, Alexandra, A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-A dot Gorman, G-O-R-M-A-N at scadden.com. Thanks. You've both been tremendous. Really appreciate your coming on. Um, last but never least, uh, we owe a big thank you to our sponsor, Katuno Court Reporting, without whom there would not be a show. Uh, if you want more information about Katuno Court Reporting, visit www.katuno.cc. That's C-A-T-U-O-G-N-O dot C-C. Remember to join us next time on the Legal Toolkit, hopefully well-rested from the holiday season. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to The Legal Toolkit, brought to you by Katuno Court Reporting and Stantel Transcription, right here on The Legal Talk Network. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.